Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 24 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we are watching the end of the Hunter exam in Hunter x Hunter. What? It's like three hunters? You said Hunter like so many times just then. You were like, Hunter, 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 and I was like, who's Hunter? Um, It's concerning to me that we're this far in and you don't know the answer. Sometimes I have questions that can't be answered in the opening. Me too. Me too. Whatever, let's just jump in. Hey, 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 everybody. Hello, everyone. Um, so, uh, uh, a couple of things uh, right off the bat. Um, we've heard from a couple of people so far. Um, if you've listened to this last episode this week, we reached the end of one of our shows. Uh, oh. You heard about that last time with One Punch Man. Um, so, we have a... We have... One very loyal Patreon member. Um, he's awesome. And, and he has voted, uh, one time. Um, but like some other people are starting to vote through like Twitter and other things. Um, okay. however, uh, we would like to, um, to get, sort of give back to our Patreon members. So if you were like on the fence about becoming a Patreon member or something like that, this is the time. This is the time to make your voice heard if you want to be a part of us. Um, and get onto Patreon, become a member, and vote for the next show that we're going to start covering. Um, yeah, because, we want to encourage mean, we want to encourage everybody to vote and get involved in the conversation. Uh, but we are definitely weighting the votes from patrons a little bit heavier. And uh, right now, that is one person, so their vote is a lot stronger. So if you guys would like to um, enter the fray in a more bombastic manner, uh, go find us on Patreon. And uh, you've got a couple more weeks. This comes out uh, two two weeks before the next one, but we watch uh, maybe a little bit faster than that. So, you know, if you're on the fence, now's the time. If you would like to get your vote, uh, a little bit of gas on what show we're going to be watching next, we're going to be watching it very soon. So, yeah, hop over sure. to Patreon. Let us know what you want. Yeah, and and the other thing on that is um, we've we've been like uh, self-producing this podcast for a while, um, and we pay for space um, to keep this going for free, um, for you, the listeners. And also, uh, we, we try to like give shout outs to the people that are supporting us instead of having to give shout outs to like, I don't know, products. Like when I'm listening to, I, I really, really love the Nerdist podcast, but I looked at the time that it took from, for me to get from the beginning of the podcast to like the actual show. And it was like a couple of community corkboard things, which is cool that he's giving back. But then it's like four minutes of of like commercials, basically. And uh, we don't do this very often, but I mean, like, if you want to support us, we we would love your to have your support. Yeah, it's uh, we say it in the outro. We want to keep this a commercial free zone. Uh, you could argue that we put commercials for other people's podcasts and things on our show. Um, but yeah, I think Spencer and I draw a pretty strong distinction between um, talking about other people's shows uh, that we really like or even services that we like. I know I try not to mention Netflix or Hulu that much, but I do use both of them and I do like both of them. So mm-hmm. when we're sort of promoting things that we're down with, uh, especially things that our listenership is into, then we're really happy to talk about it. Uh, we want to shy away from talking about um, things that are not sort of self-chosen or uh, sort of, you know, the community giving back to itself. So, you know, if you've got a podcast and you have a podcast ad or you'd like us to mention you, we love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And we have a business that's a little bit more questionable unless it's like a small business that we can help support. (laughs) If you're, you know, part of a big conglomerate or something that is a frequent advertiser on podcasts, we're a little bit less interested because we don't like commercials and we do like promoting people's shows. So we're trying to draw, draw that distinction. 
Um, that's why things like Patreon are so important to us and why we're trying not to buy into advertisements, although yeah. we'll see how it goes. And then the other thing is like, um, and this is, this is my last, this is my last thing about this today before we get into the show. Um, but, um, uh, our, our company is called Forever Summer Productions. Um, like one of the things that we do other than this is put out like shows and stuff like that. And we, even on YouTube, have not monetized on there because like it's not, it's not about that. It's about supporting and being able to keep on doing the things that we love to do. Like even when we were doing our web series, we did two seasons of that and we did not pay like, ourselves the the people making the thing because we wanted the thing we didn't pay ourselves we pay the actors and the artists that are working on it and when we're like uh taking care of other people's shows and like talking about other people's shows that is just a cross promotion all they're giving to us is mentioning us on their show and we're mentioning them on our show it's no like no money is changing hands and stuff like that because we don't like to sully the waters with that stuff and like we're we're also not trying to like you know make a career out of podcasting probably we just want to be able to like you know especially take care of the people that are editing our work and giving us their time you know like rashad our editor (laughs) we like to take care of him too because he puts in time on every single one of these episodes and he's he doesn't get to like you know talk in the episodes and stuff so yeah he works really hard on this hi rashad yeah hey (laughs) anyways uh with with all of that out of the way, uh, it was just on our minds this week, and we decided we wanted to talk about it a little week. Um, and I wanted to also mention, uh, sorry, the person that also talked to us on uh, Twitter. We have a new person talking to us, and it's awesome. Um, they gave a suggestion, and they also said that they laugh so hard that their face hurt. So oh, that's kudos good. to you, and uh, hopefully we can continue making good-ass podcasts for you. You know, I I gotta be a little shameless here and say I listened to some of our back episodes this weekend and I laughed pretty hard too. I think we're funny. <laughs> well, you're the worst. Anyways, uh, previously true. on uh, on Blake and Spencer get jumped, we were watching Hunter X Hunter. And uh, can you give us a little backstory about what just happened? I think they know the characters by this point. Well, you know, you should still hear about the characters just in case this is your first episode with us or your first hunter x hunter episode um main character is gone he's a plucky optimistic protagonist he's like 12 years old um he's made good friends with Killua, who is sort of the dark dangerous mysterious opposite of him but also 12 years old um karapika who's a little bit older has a tragic backstory and is also kind of the strong silent type and leorio who's the loud emotional brash type who's the oldest of them all although he's just a teenager although he doesn't look like it Um, they are in what's called the hunter exam to become a hunter which is uh, sort of like a title um, that opens a lot of doors for you Um, if you become a hunter you're going to get a lot of privileges so it's a really difficult exam and in fact is literally a deadly exam um the uh other examiners of note is hisoka who is a creepy clown guy with kind of a disturbing interest in young performers who have a lot of uh potential and uh his occasional partner God, I did not prepare to say this guy's name. Get Gitter Racker. He's the weird robot guy we've mentioned a few times who kind of jitters around. Uh, all the other characters we may or may not mention by name. I guess Hanzo, he's a ninja. He's going to be important in this first episode. But essentially, they've made their way through the Hunter exam, which has been a very grueling and dangerous process. And they have made it to the last round. There's, I think, nine of them left. And they are about to enter into a tournament with some weird rules. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Uh, we are in episode 19. Uh, can't win X and X can't lose. I'm saying <laughs> them this week. Oh, yeah. And that's it's episodes 19 through 21 this week, right? That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely. Three episodes. Um, so yeah. the the battle on the island is over. Uh, the the weird um, uh, man and his monkey have been defeated um, oh, and man. left on that island. Um, Poor his monkey, monkey child. child. Yeah, and uh, we have now gone into our next point, which is um, all about a tournament arc. Um, this 
before we go into like this stuff, there is a long, rich history of um of uh, uh tournament arcs. Tournament, yeah, tournament arcs inside of the um Shonen Jump archive. So if you don't read Shonen Jump, we we don't talk about it like a whole lot because we mostly just talk about the animes we're watching, but. This is one of the things that, and we're about to get inside of this into Naruto as well. So I figured I would like knock out two birds, one stone sort of thing with this because they do this in basically every single, almost every single manga I've ever read in Shonen Jump, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's uh, unless you're really outside of the sort of Shonen norm, you mm-hmm. probably have a tournament arc of some kind. It's yeah. super common. I mean, the yeah, right now we are in the middle of it. I mean, Hunter x Hunter up until this point has been just a tournament arc, basically. Mm-hmm. Although this episode and this next couple of episodes is a little bit more of a traditional, like, yeah. facing off against each other tournament arc. Naruto is currently in a tournament arc and will become a fairly traditional one mm-hmm. in, I think, our next coverage episode. And then uh, again, shortly thereafter, it, it actually yeah. has, like, basically two back-to-back tournament arcs. Um, that are both excellent. Uh, there are tournament arcs all through shonen uh, anime and manga, and they are varying quality, but tend to be pretty good. Yeah, and if you wanted to watch a show that it really epitomizes the, I know we've talked about it a lot, and this is this is really basic for people that are watching anime and are big anime fans. But if you are new to the kind of stuff and you wanted to go and you wanted to watch the most basic one, all of Dragon Ball. Every single season of Dragon Ball ends with a tournament arc. They are the most important things. They introduce, like, the biggest new characters that threaten. Piccolo's introduced. Tien's introduced. Yamcha's introduced. Um, you really see the first time Goku really gets to fight. You really see the first time it's Krillin the first time gets to fight. the Kamehameha, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, no. You see that beforehand because uh, yeah. Master Roshi tra- trains him in the Kamehameha. And they also have this whole thing inside of the mountains with the giants. There's a lot of stuff that happens inside of that show. But the big things that happen in that are in the tournament arcs. And and you could argue that even in Dragon Ball Z, it is still a tournament arc just for Goku. Like he fights all the way through, like the uh, the uh, when he's on the Namekian cycle. Yeah, he fights that's all kind the of an interesting those, interpretation. Like, yeah, and it's the same way when they're on Earth too. Like he defeats yeah. uh, he defeats his what is it? is it his brother right? His first one is Raditz. Oh, Raditz. Yeah. yeah. And then there's and, like I mean, um, you get a literal tournament arc with the cell games, and they oh, yeah. also do one at the start of the Boo arc. And I I don't know how that arc ends because I fell out of it, but uh, I think uh, there's at least one Boo more. Boo turns people into cookies, and also people well, start fusing into people, uh, other yeah, other you know. like entities. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in Dragon Ball Z. It's a little kinky uh, at the end. By the way, we, we've said it before, but like Dragon Ball Z Kai, um, if you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z Kai and you wanted to watch Dragon Ball again, do it. Um, it cuts out all the filler. It's badass. Um, yeah. Anyways. So tournament arcs are sometimes, and I used to be one of these people that thought that a tournament arc was cool, but kind of lazy storytelling. Um, and, you know, you might have a leg to stand on. I would say it kind of depends on what what series you're talking about specifically. But uh, yeah, there's some validity to the idea that a tournament arc is just sort of the most baseline ending to uh, a, you know, competition arc. Um, but at the same time, uh, I watched a great video about this recently. I think it was on Super Patch Wolf's channel, but I don't remember now off the top of my head because I watch a lot of anime YouTube channels. But uh, tournament arcs are essentially a great way, when they're done correctly, to explore um, kick-ass battles, but also um, really cool character moments. So you, it is a little bit of a simpler plot in general, but you also kind of get to strip the frills of the plot away and really focus in on the characters and their motivations and the things that keep them going and pair it up with kick-ass battles. Yeah. Interestingly all, enough, we're in one of the most unique tournament arcs, if not the most, that I have ever seen. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to get into with this episode. 
This episode really, really delves into a very unique tournament style. It's not going to be people just beating the crap out of each other, which is a lot of times what you see inside of these tournaments, where it's just like, you know, you're trapped in a, a ring with somebody and you have to figure out a way to defeat them. Instead, Hunter x Hunter does this thing that they've done all the way through the beginning of the show, and they put a spin onto what's happening inside of the, uh, inside of each fight. Yeah, so, Hunter x Hunter is really about taking those shonen anime tropes and twisting them just a little bit so that they yeah. come in from a different angle. Yeah. And the general tournament arc is going to be a series of exciting battles that escalate to main protagonist versus main villain. And mm-hmm. this tournament arc is not that. It not at has all. a lot of tension, but it really... I mean, from my perspective, it is episode 19 is the climax of the Hunter exam, and then 20 and 21 are denouement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so the chairman explains at the beginning of this tournament uh, what it is. It is a reverse single elimination uh, wherein the winners are removed from the list, and only the one who has no wins, no battles, fails to pass the exam. Um the the bracket is a little bit unbalanced. Um, he explains why. He says, uh, you win when your opponent admits defeat. They have to be conscious, but killing your opponent will cause you to fail automatically. So you this can't is just important. beat the crap out of the people. Right. This is important because the Hunter exam up until this point has been extremely deadly and has had multiple instances at which character, you know, competing Hunter exam takers were able to use deadly force and did. So that's not a thing anymore. Now, if you kill, you fail. Yeah. So Gon is the very first person up, and he is fighting against Hanzo. If you remember him, he is a ninja that also kind of looks like Saitama. Um, Although not nearly as powerful. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, So Gon is going to try to fight Hanzo really, really fast, but Hanzo is, like, equally as fast as Gon, and, like, captures him and starts to torture him until he concedes, but Gon ain't going to have that shit. Yeah, it's such such an inversion on expectations. You have this build-up to the tournament. Gon, before they announce that you can go, is thinking to himself, like, okay, Hanzo is bigger and stronger than I am, but I can use my speed to tire him out and keep away from him until I can find an opening. And they say go, and Gon blitzes off to the side, and then Hanzo just appears and hits him in the back of the neck, which just takes all of the fight out of him. And essentially the fight is over before it even begun, except Mm -hmm. the point isn't to fight. The point is to get your opponent to surrender, and that's really what this episode is about. Yeah, and so they go on and on and on. The the people that are the proctors that are watching this are t- talking about how cruel it is. Um, Hanzo is he breaks Gon's arm, um, yeah. and Mario's really that is really three hours in. Like he's been yeah. slowly like holding Gon down and applying you know physical pressure and pain to him for three hours and gone hasn't relented and he's finally like okay i'm gonna snap your arm and gone's just like okay do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um uh meanwhile gone's friends are kind of freaking out um not killua as much um it's mostly just leorio is losing his mind and gurapika uh is he's he's like if i do something you can't stop me and he's like, um, and then he's like, well, I'm not going to stop you, but who's to say I'm not going to do something? And you see, like, Kurapika's eyes starting to turn red. Which is a trait of his clan when they are pissed, basically. So this is very serious because his eyes do not turn red easily. Yeah. Just tell this next part because you wrote down this next part. So <laughs> why did you write that? So... <laughs> Well, this is what happens. So Hanzo has been torturing Gon, and he he's broken his arm, and Gon is just down. And Hanzo basically goes on a tangent to tell his backstory a little bit. And he's essentially talking about how Gon cannot possibly defeat him, and also to sort of intimidate him with the thought of, of the you know, potential torture that Hanzo is going to be able to put Gon through. And he Read goes, exactly what you wrote. <laughs> he, 
So uh, one second. So Hanzo starts talking about how he's been trained as a ninja since he was a kid, and he knows all kinds of ways to hurt someone. So the note that I have here is Hanzo goes on a backstory tangent to make Gon admit defeat, <laughs> but Gon fucking kicks him right in the goddamned face, and it's bitchin'. And that is exactly what happens. Hanzo is in the middle of talking, and you think it's going to be like a Naruto-style flashback, but he gets maybe 30 seconds into this, and just in the middle of a word, Gon's face just smashes into him, and Gon is not down and out like you thought. Gon is still fighting and is refusing to give up. So yeah, it's it's so funny that you say that like that with Naruto because like all, all I can think about now is that Gon figured out how to break Takno Jutsu. Gon is very powerful. So Gon is standing there and he basically Hanzo has been talking about how he's the stronger one and Gon's like, "Well, you know, this isn't a battle of strength. It's just a battle to see who surrenders first." And Hanzo is like, "Okay, well if that's the case, then what I'm going to do is cut off your legs. And Gon is, and he's like, then, you know, there's nothing for you to do. You'll never be able to beat me and we'll just wait for you to surrender. And Gon is like, he stands there for a second and then he's like, it's a difficult decision because I don't want you to cut my legs off, but I don't want to surrender. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's just like, well, if you cut my legs off, then eventually I'll just bleed out and you'll be disqualified anyways. He literally, he literally goes, he's like, he turns to the, like, the proctor or whoever it is that's sort of like the judge of the match standing along the side of the ring. And he's like, wait, so if I bleed to death, he'll be disqualified for killing me, right? And the guy's like, right. And he's like, okay, well, Hanzo, it looks like you're not going to be cutting my legs off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so everybody's sort of like, I think. Gone has won at this point. <laughs> yeah, literally everybody on the sidelines just starts laughing because Gone is just resilient and it's charming, and he wins people over to his cause. And the only person who's not laughing is Gone's new best friend Killua, who has no idea why everyone is laughing. And the mm-hmm. reason is that Gone, or sorry, Killua is. A professional assassin, basically since birth, he's been trained in the art of torture and murder, and he can see a billion ways to keep this going and to try and get Gon to surrender, but everyone else has decided that Hanzo has lost, and in fact, Hanzo basically has one last gambit up his sleeve, and Hanzo's like, here's the deal— you might be standing there, you know, you might think that you'll bleed out and die and that will disqualify me. But the thing is, I might be disqualified this year, but I can just take the exam again next year. But if you die, you will be dead. And that's final. And Killua is basically like, yeah, exactly. But Gon is not swayed. Yeah, he is completely, completely un- unwavered by this, and he talks about this thing that is going to become important to the rest of the show, and it's been important up to this point so far, which is Gon says that he has to become a hunter so that he can meet his dad, and he's like, I should, um, it, like, he, he starts to feel that, like, if he if he gives up now, he will never meet him, so he's like, I have to do this so I'm never going to uh, refuse I refuse to give up to you. And Hanzo's like, you're going to die if you don't give up. But Gon's like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep on fighting. This is a really cool character moment because Gon, it's not true that if Gon gives up, he won't be able to, you know, he if he loses this fight, he's in the largest section of the bracket. So the, the number of fights that whoever loses this fight can have is the most right there's nine people the brackets not evenly divided so not everybody has the same number of chances and if you lose you keep going until literally everybody else has won so he has multiple chances to win after this and it's not a question of this being a make or break moment of him becoming a hunter because honestly the odds are in his favor but he has decided that this is 
a defining character moment for him. Mm-hmm. If he gives up now, basically he's a quitter. But if he can last through this and if he can, you know, stand through this trial, then that means that he's got the strength that he'll need to eventually someday make it to a place where he can meet his father. And it's it's great because the the stakes are high because it matters to him and not because it's this life or death situation. And it's so effective. Yeah. And uh, so Hanzo decides that he's he gives up to Gone. Gon doesn't want to accept it, but Hanzo knocks him out and he like he talks to the committee and he makes sure that Gon actually can't refuse. Um Yeah, he he this. basically tries an ultimatum on the committee where he's like, you know, Gon's knocked out now, but when he wakes up, if he refuses this victory, he will be the loser and this entire tournament will be moot, so you guys can't let him do that, right? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, sure, that's that sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, I didn't even realize until this moment that Hanzo is, like, just reminding me of Hattori Hanzo, and now I want to watch Kill Bill. Oh, oh man. I, I love Kill, Kill Bill, Bill so minute. much. Oh, man. Which is not an anime, but does have a cool anime sequence, so it's relevant. Oh, yeah. Oh, so man, we, I forgot about that. With Yeah, the, really, um, what you're saying is that we can absolutely justify watching Kill Bill for the podcast. <laughs> okay, so Kill Bill is basically like a live-action anime done very, very, very well, is yeah, what it is. Tarantino is like a big anime fan, right? Like, he, he takes so many Holy influences shit. from anime, okay. which is great. So I'm going to... Th- I'm going to throw it out there. If we can ever get to the point where we like start interviewing people, I want to interview Quentin Tarantino like it's fucking hot, man. I want to interview him and I want to interview, um, I want to interview, I need to learn Japanese first, I guess. It's on duo. It's on, uh, well, shit. Here I am telling, talking about somebody that's not paying us. It's on Duolingo. (laughs) Anyways, um, I'm not very good. My favorite anime movies, and I'm I'm definitely going to be inside of like the majority here. But like my favorite anime movies, other than like some of the classics, like you know, uh, like Akira and uh, Ghost in the Shell, like the original one, not the the terrible terrible thing that was created uh, recently, um, is like the Studio Ghibli films. So I mean, I I want at some point just to just to meet Hao Miyazaki, and like his son also seems like a badass. So. He's like pretty old though, so we got to get famous fast. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, with that we go to episode twenty, baffling turn X of X events. I'm and saying this is all where the X's today. This this is where the show really threw me for a loop the first time I was watching it because, like I said earlier, the classic tournament arc has an escalation. You know, I mean, this is just normal storytelling the most intense and exciting thing happens at the end uh and it turns out that was the end because we see a little bit more of the tournament but we don't see the whole thing and we only see it in arrears so at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this episode there is a little bit of a, a dream where gone is running up these stairs on a sort of like aztec looking pyramid um towards the shadow of his father and then he wakes up and he's in a room adjacent to the exams uh, site with Setots, the guy that walks really fast. That was really exciting. So Setots, <laughs> basically, he can, he's, uh, so there's some really nice stuff I'm going to skip over for just a second because he reveals eventually that Gon has been asleep for a day and that the mm-hmm. tournament has concluded. And this was such a, a shock to me because... I was expecting a normal progression of events and you don't get it. Like this is, this is not a story about a tournament that escalates to a final battle unless you consider the battle between Gon and, and uh, Hanzo a type of final battle, which in hindsight it is. It's this very defining character moment for our main character. But when I was watching it the first time, I was like, whoa, the, the rug had kind of been pulled out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, what they what the ne- the next thing happens is that Gon is given his hunter's license. Um, he is told point blank he promptly he, tries to refuse it. <laughs> yeah, he is told point blank as well that like, look, if you feel you aren't worthy of it, you don't have to take it, but you will not be able to take this exam again because once you're offered your license, if you refuse or give away your license or lose your license, you are no longer a hunter. 
Um, and you can never get another license again, basically. Yeah, um, basically, until you pass the hunter exam, you can take it as many times as you want. Um, although it's very deadly, so be careful. But mm-hmm. once you have passed and become, you know, that level of hunter, that's your shot. And then you just have to live your life in a way that's worthy of the title. And that's mm-hmm. basically the advice that he gives to Gon. And we're going to see that come back around in a little bit, which is essentially, you know, if you feel bad about the way that you won this, instead of rejecting it or, uh, you know, deciding not to become a hunter, become the kind of hunter that makes you proud to have this. And it's pretty great advice, actually. Sometimes things don't work out the way we want, but you can make it work with uh, the situation that you've got. And I really like that. So the next thing that we uh, find out um, is that uh, Gon, he wants to know who who failed in the exam then. And it's revealed that Killua, his friend, um, he failed. Um, and Satos tells Gon what happened after he lost consciousness, and then yeah, we get a little bit of like failing the exam. Killua failing the exam is about as surprising as the exam coming to a screeching halt for us as the viewers after the battle with Gon and Hanzo, because Killua has been one of the most skilled people up to this point. Yeah. Um. um there's a little bit of an argument with, that we see between Killua and Hanzo. Um, he wants to know why Hanzo let Gon win, and he replies that Gon had no hate in his eyes, um, so that he couldn't torture him. Yeah, and basically then, everyone he had ever tortured has this hatred and this burning sort of lust for revenge against Hanzo, the torturer, and Hanzo didn't see that in Gon's eyes. It was just determination, and it basically he realized this person was different. By the way, I'm going to read this next one verbatim because this is what Blake wrote down. Next was Kuropika versus Hisoka, which Kuropika wins after Hisoka whispers some shit to him. <laughs> well, it's true. We don't know what he says, and we don't yeah. find out. Yeah, and we never do. There's things inside of the show that sometimes just like drive you insane if you're one of those people that has to bow tie everything. You'll yeah. never know what happens right there. You'll happen. never know what he said. That's not a business. It was a whisper. Yeah. So, uh, if we actually find out what he says at some later point when he starts actually making the show again, oh man, (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen. So basically, Krupka passes. A couple other characters pass. We get a a cool fight between. um, Well, it's a it's an interesting moment between uh, Hisoka and um, Pon- Ponzu, I think is his name, the guy with the arrows, and, or mm-hmm. Puckle. And uh, basically he, like, gets him... Oh, no, this is Hanzo that does it. He gets Puckle down just like he did with Gon, but Puckle surrenders immediately. And there's just, like, there's a couple of shots of different battles taking place. But eventually we get to... Get to God, this name, Gitaracker and Killua. So the crazy robot guy and Killua face off against each other. And then we've seen the robot dude do this one time before when we were on the island. He has all of these like yellow pins stuck into his body, kind of like a weird permanent acupuncture. But he has taken them out before and he can remove them and throw them as weapons but he's also removed all of them from his face which caused his face to change really dramatically so usually he has a really narrow oblong head with like a purple mohawk and these pins sticking all out all over the place but when he removes his face it smooths out he his hair grows like super long and dark and lays down uh, around his head And he gets, like, his eyes get much larger, and he looks completely different. So this is essentially a sort of disguise. And he does this and changes his face, and it turns out that this guy is none other than Killua's older brother, Illumi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Illumi's kind of a dick. We're going to find out that really fast. Um, Because he's... uh, he's 
He number he number one tells Killua that he's supposed to be a killer, not a hunter. He's also not supposed to make friends um, because he's never supposed to form those attachments. And Killua reveals that he's like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be an assassin. I don't want to be like this with my family. Um, I want to just be like a normal kid, and I want to like have a normal life. And so Illumi is just like, well, I guess he... I have to kill your friend. Yeah, he specifically says that he wants a friend, and yeah. that he wants to be Gon's friend, mm-hmm. um, in contradiction to his brother saying that he doesn't want anything but murder. So Illumi's yeah. like, okay, well, I'll kill Gon. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hanzo, Kirapika, and Leorio stand in the way, and then Illumi's like, well, I guess I can't kill them until the the exam's over, because I need a license. And I can't, I guess I'll just kill Gon after the exam. And then it's there's this really transactional. Yeah. There's a really weird thing that happens right afterwards, which you start to figure out is like something like Illumi does something fucked up to Killua. He like really, really messes with his head. And I've never been able to figure out if this is some sort of like, uh, like, uh, technique where he's like an one of those assassin techniques where he's like yeah. inside of Killua's head. Um, yeah. So the way that this it's... is illustrated makes it intentionally, I think, ambiguous because mm-hmm. it sort of zooms in on uh, Illumi's eye, and you can see it's basically a swirling design. So it's it's intentionally playing on the idea of hypnosis without. Mm-hmm. Letting us know whether or not Kilo has actually been hypnotized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, Killua is so upset and terrified that he surrenders. And then Illumi's like, he had no intention of actually killing Gon, but he's like, this fight proves that you have no right to have friends, which is just a really dick thing to say to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, that's just in general. Like, what if I was like, hey, Spencer, I've been thinking, and I don't think you deserve to have friends. Just like it's just so fucked up. I've been thinking about it, and you're the worst. <laughs> that just makes me think of that joke from Donald Glover's stand-up. Like that's why your mom's in a wheelchair. Oh my god! <laughs> that, that part where he's just like, like the people police come down and they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, he's a monster." <laughs> like, Take him away. <laughs> yeah, this is on par with that. So yeah, for real, he's the worst. So we get to the next fight. This is between Liario and this guy named Bodoro. And Bodoro's claim to fame is that he's old. That's his thing. He doesn't, I don't know, he has like a sword or some shit. Or maybe he fights with his hands. I don't know. We don't see a lot of him before this. And here he is. He got knocked around a little bit by Hisoka earlier. And has had some time to recover. So now he's fighting against Liorio. But right before the fight begins, Killua just shows up behind Bodoro and murks him. Right then and yep. there. Yeah. And this is going to give us our, our next big uh, big thing that's going to happen inside of the show. And it sparks the next arc, which is the Saving Killua arc. Um, yeah. Because Killua this... has just killed somebody, so he yeah. loses. And also, interestingly yeah. enough, by default, everyone else wins. Except Bodoro, yeah. of course, who did not win. <laughs> Bodoro drew the short well, I mean, straw in this equation. I, hold on. He kind of won. But, I mean, like, he's not alive to claim his victory. So. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, sure. Cool. So this begins our next arc. Um, it happens before the end of the episode because the first action of the next arc is that Gon gets out of the bed. He runs into the next room. He goes and sees the hunter, other hunters, walks up to Illumi, and he demands that he apologize to Killua. Yeah, and, and it's pretty baller because remember, Gon has been knocked out for like 24 hours and his arm's in a cast because it's broken. And this yeah. is a dude who's like pretty dangerous. And Gon just walks right up to him and is like, hey, you apologize. Gon is yeah, like Gon- full on helicopter parent right now. <laughs> I think Gon is basically just like the definition of little plucky fuck. You know, yeah. like he's he's the pluckiest of little people. <laughs> Anyways, so, let's go into episode 21, uh, Some Ex-Brother Ex-Trouble. <laughs> great great work today, Spencer. I'm nailing so it right now. We, uh, Gon basically grabs Illumi's arm with his not-broken hand, 
and lifts him up over himself to the other side because he's so mad he needed to move him. And <laughs> Gon is like, Ilmi, you're not qualified to be Killua's brother because you're a dick. And Ilmi is like, well, you know what? I didn't think you had to qualify to be someone's brother. And Gon's like super slick about it. And he's like, yeah, well, you don't have to qualify to be friends either. And then he puts on his sunglasses while the, yeah, while that song plays. (laughs) That is going to hurt someone's ears. I apologize to whoever just got their ears hurt. For, no, by fuck Blake you. Doing that. No, no, <laughs> bullshit. It's yeah! it should have been instead of doing that. You should have just done the like the like like thug life thing. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, next time. Rashad, I know you're listening. Please, can you play that like thug life th- thing over here? No, no, <laughs> CSI Miami. <laughs> Not so. neither. <laughs> anyway, also a side note: if anybody has a supercut of basically every time that character from CSI Miami says something stupid and puts on his sunglasses and then oh, cuts to the opening to credits, us. please <laughs> send it to me. It can be like eighteen hours. I'll watch the whole thing. I don't care. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, gone is basically like, all right, well, I'm gonna go after Killua and I'm gonna bring him back, and we're gonna solve all this. And the chairman is like, yeah, well, you know, Karapika and Leorio already lodged a formal complaint about this whole business. And Karapika actually brings up what we talked about a second ago, which is he suspects that uh, Kilua may have been hypnotized to commit the murder that he committed. He's like, it's a little unclear from what I know from meeting and hanging out with Kilua a lot during this process. He... You know, he's dangerous, but he's not just going around, like, knocking people off left and right. So he had this really weird fight with this guy who got inside his head very visibly. And then Killua behaved out of character by uh, surrendering without doing anything. And then he killed this guy all of a sudden, which is also out of character. So I'm not saying, but I'm just saying he might have been hypnotized. Yeah, and then there's a little bit of an argument that uh, where another character named what Pockle? Yeah, that's the archer guy. Oh yeah, Pockle. Anyways, um, he challenges Kurapiko, and he's like, "What did Hisoka whisper to you?" And then there's like a big argument. Gone gets up and interrupts, and he's he basically stands on the table like in um, Dead Poet Society, and he's like, "Everybody should work together until they're satisfied with their victory." And the yeah, only he- thing that matters is whether Illumi was influencing Killua to kill against his will, and he yeah. then he like bangs a gavel. He basically, so Puckle is like, essentially, here's the point of the the whole argument is that Puckle is like, you know, if you're, if Kurapika is going to talk about how the events that transpired are weird, um, you know, with uh, the whole situation with Killua, then I got to say the events that transpired in your fight were weird because you were battling against Hisoka and you were both clearly not tired. You were both able to continue your fight. But Hisoka whispered something to you and then surrendered. So, you know, if you're talking about battles that didn't turn out the way they should have, I think it's a it's pretty weird. It looks like you struck some sort of deal and he threw the match. Um, and, you know, several other accusations go out before Gon has his interruption plea. And what I love about it, too, is that Gon's plea is basically repeating this advice that Satots just gave him, which is essentially if you're upset with the way that things went, Instead of bitching about it, go and continue your life and live it in such a way that you're proud of what is. You Mm -hmm. know, if you're not proud of how it happened, make yourself proud of how it is. And that's really great advice. Bears repeating. And it's cool to see Gon shut down this entire argument with that advice that he just got. Because you can tell that he's already internalized it and he's already determined to make it so. Yeah. And then we uh we we have everybody kind of breaking off and you we call Mr. him Mr. Bean. Bean. <laughs> and his I knew is, you were gonna I think laugh his at name that. Is literally Bean. Yeah, I think it is Beans. too. Anyways. 
So anyways, I call him Mr. Bean because his head is a weird green thing. References. He's so stupid. Anyways, um, so um, he talks. He talks briefly, and we've talked about this before about the hunter license. It's really valuable. Lots of hunters lose their license within the first within the first year, specifically twenty uh, percent. Five and. Yeah, and then no replacements are ever issued for it, so don't fucking lose your license, basically. Yeah, if you um, are good enough to get a hunter's license, we're not sending you a replacement. Go get it back, you jag. Yeah. Also, the this is really interesting because there's a little bit of a, almost a continuity error where they're like, when Satots is talking to Gon in the previous episode, he's like, you're going to get this hunter license, and... You know, it's it's yours, so like you can do anything you want to with it, and you can sell it or give it away or or destroy it. But like, it doesn't really have a lot of value outside of your personal use because it's your license. But then when Mister Bean is talking, he's like, "You can sell your license, and you'll get enough money to live richly for the rest of your days." So. These things have some sort of inherent value, but they also are attached to the person. I'm not sure how that one works out, but whatever. It's an anime. Yeah, whatever. Um, there's a little bit of another confrontation where Alumi um, is yeah, confronted he's out, by Gon. Yeah, they're outside of the room now. Yeah. This is later. And and he reveals where Killua is. He's at the top of Kukuru Mountain, and it's where his family is living. At They live at the very top of it. Um, the assassin and then, family. Yeah, and then uh, they're basically like the Adams family of assassins. Uh, yeah, and you'll... straight up, none of them look like assassins. <laughs> yeah, and also so... none of them look fucking alike at all. <laughs> I know. I don't know what's going on here. Some sort of soap opera song or other. But yeah, mm-hmm. so after they so they get the location and they head off, and then Hisoka kind of walks out from behind a pillar with Ilumi and he's like, yeah, is it really okay for you to just like tell anybody where your family of assassins lives? Which is a solid point until Ilumi is like, no, you know, everybody knows that we live there. It's public knowledge. So it's just uh, not that easy to get up there. No, it's it's all, it's all fine. It's all good. (laughs) It's going to be fine. It's going to be a good time, y'all. You can see in the foreground that Ilumi, his arm where Gon held it is sort of like discolored and it looks like almost lumpy or something. Like he has some sort of uh, raised scarring or something like that. And Hisoka kind of looks at it and Ilumi's like, oh yeah, he broke my arm. (laughs) (laughs) And then Hisoka's like, okay, don't try to kill Gon though, because if you do, I'll kill you. Um, And it's kind of a weird little... Uh, I don't know. Weird moment. It's not as weird as like the next moment where everybody just all of a sudden is talking about Ging uh, or Jing. Jing? Is his name Jing or Ging? Yeah, it's G-I-N-G. They pronounce it with a J instead of a G. Yeah. Um, Hanzo and Pakul, they're talking and then they're like, they try to look up Jing, but the information about his classified. They pronounce it with a J and then a G because if it was just Js, it would be Jing. Fuckle tries to look up Jinge, but information about him is classified. Jinge is classified. I can't Jinge the Jinge. We've lost our minds. Oh god, um, we're so close to the end. Okay, so um, so Setus pulls Gon aside and he talks to him a little bit more about Jinge. I can't stop. Anyways, <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> so you find so out he- a little bit bit more about who like Ying is, Jing is um, and he talks about him <laughs> I don't and even know he, how to pronounce it anymore this is his father he's talking about his name is yeah, his name Gon's is Jing dad. <laughs> Jing <laughs> anyways so skip it basically skip it <laughs> Satots was went on like an architectural dig or some shit and he was getting an architectural dig that's or, or, you know, that one that digs. Archaeological. Damn it. God damn. I just listened to the episode this weekend about how I couldn't remember what eyes were called. And now this. So. so too stupid. Jinge is the foreman of the architectural dig. And Satoltz so is basically like. Satoltz is basically like. 
enamored with him because he's his work ethic. That's God. That was the longest, shortest story of all time. I should retire. Yeah, they, call that, they call that a long, a, a long walk for a short drink of water. Uh, um, anyways, Gon Kirpiko and Leorio, they buy tickets to Kukuru Mountain. To find Why did you say it like that? I don't know. Every time I see Kukuru Mountain, all I can think about is like, you know, the, the Chocobos from Final it, Fantasy VII. It sounds like a children's show. Like, hey, everybody, we're going to Kukuru Mountain. Yeah, but secretly it's a place where you get murdered. <laughs> we're probably going to do our next Hunter X Hunter Cold Open is probably going to be about Kukuru Mountain. So start thinking. Oh, it's absolutely going to be. Anyways, um, the next that's thing little, that happens... That's a little look into our creative process there, everyone. Anyways, the next thing that happens is actually the last thing that happens, which is Sato's real, uh, and several of the other examiners, they're meeting and they're talking, and then they're like, the real Hunter exam is not even over yet. What? It's just- we just... Uh, uh. <laughs> so, so that happened. Yeah, it's... Uh, we... I, I, I'm going to say, thankfully, we move on from the Hunter exam for a minute. We're going to go do this other thing that's not Hunter exam related at all. But, yeah, uh, yeah technically, there's a second secret portion of the Hunter exam that you only have once you've passed the first phase of the Hunter exam. Yeah. Uh, and it's not nearly as dumb as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, except for, like, be prepared. Here's a quick spoiler. There is volleyball involved. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but that's the coolest. No, it's dodgeball, isn't it? Oh, man, it's so stupid. It's, it, it's No, like... that's awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we have varying degrees of what we think is awesome next. Anyways, um, stick I with us. Uh, with this one. <laughs> stick with us uh, for the yeah, next episode. Now, so we can't do this episode. Uh, <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, so stick with us uh, and uh, listen to our little spiel, and then we'll be back with a preview and what's coming up next it's, it's a great way to stay in shape Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions with sound editing work done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions he's our level 4 sound wizard our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way if you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads please consider supporting us on Patreon Patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. It's time to do some shrooms. Yeah, with Cowboy Bebop. And some some soft some soft jazz. Shut up. <laughs>